Action Park Media. This is a really great one. I spoke to the amazing Pebble from uh, Noah Anon. My God, he has had the most phenomenal life transformation. He went dark, which is basically where he went in a room uh, with no light and no food for 10 days and came out the other side and changed his entire life. And yeah, now he's got some tips and tricks on how we can kind of have life transformations and what we need to look out for. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean uh, to the extent of going dark, but yeah, even small steps that we can make every day to kind of change our entire universe and not be so in our monkey brain, which is a big thing that I need to work on. So you guys are going to love this. It's super inspiring. This is Pretty Depressed with Pavel. So I'm joined by the amazing Noah. Now, what I loved about your beautiful bio, it's like dance, DJ, events, speaking, breathwork, and my whole family are like, what doesn't this guy do? So <laughs> I think it's probably best that you introduce yourself and and. I'm, with as much as you want to dive into it or not, it's kind of like your journey because I know this work and the area that you're in seems like it's kind of a newer development in the history of your life. And so I think that's a really interesting story to share with our listeners who might be in a stage that might resemble your prior existence of hustle and bustle in life and kind of where you are now, because it might be quite aspirational. So if you're open to it, I'll just kind of hand the floor to you. You're a professional speaker, so I'll let you do all the heavy lifting and I'll sit and be a captive audience. (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for opening this up. And also, thank you so much for um, having this platform, because in today's world, it's so important that people get the right food. Uh, for their mind, because I think our minds are so overly active. And, you know, we've been chronically living in uh, the beta uh, brain waves, uh, the overanalyzing monkey brain. And uh, it's it's a good time to, you know, fuel our mental bodies with something that maybe will inspire others. And uh, that's really my why, you know, I've, I've hurt so much throughout life. I've been going from depression, anxiety, uh, lack of purpose, even though I've always had so much of the purpose, didn't know where to start. But uh, it's uh, led me on, you know, series of pivotal moments that uh, have completely transformed my life. And that's my wish for everyone listening is that, you know, there is this beautiful time we're living in that can be hard at times that can allow us to you know, either dive in and chime into the fear and uh, the prognosis of our media and uh, sometimes our closest friends friends and families. But we have a choice and life is made out of choices and consequences. But sometimes we get so round up in the consequences with that delay between the choices that we uh, get ourselves into the ground, ran ourselves to the ground. And that was me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm nodding when I'm like, I know all of this, yet I literally today am in this exact situation. So yeah, it's perfect, perfect coincidence that we're talking right now. So yeah, I think a lot of people feel burnt out and especially there is so much going on in the world. It's really, really difficult to switch off and not feel helpless, hopeless and the weight of all of that. So any tips through this next half hour? Very, very, very welcome. 
Absolutely. No, so so I'll tell you a little bit a little bit of a story. Uh, you know, for me it started uh back in Czech Republic where I was born. And uh essentially from a young age, I kept on questioning, you know, everything and everyone. And uh I had this inner voice that kept on telling me that, you know, is this it? Are we meant to go to school and have our lives to go into work and be married and then, you know, and be done with this life? Or maybe are we so much more than we think? Mm-hmm. And we are. And so, you know, uh, I, I early in an early stage, I started as a professional athlete and um, I was this aspiring cyclist that actually used to go to New Zealand uh, oh, several times. I bet, uh, yeah. We do a lot I, of that here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the perfect spot for, you know, winter slash summer mm-hmm. uh, because you can continue training. But also I've done a tour of Southland, which is, uh, you know, on the south side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one of the most fun I've had in life. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah, Z- New Zealand is like one of my top favorite places. It's just so far away from everyone. <laughs> I know. I know, I know. That's okay though. But, you know, for me, so when I was aspiring cyclist, I, that was the first pivotal hit that I've had as to what is my purpose. And I, I made it to professional cycling, but my health went completely south. And this was one of the early, you know, sirens uh, saying that, you know, maybe this is not how you should spend your time. And essentially, I didn't listen to it long enough until I had a chronic fatigue, Epstein-Barr, depression, and I got so bad that I basically collapsed in a Czech national race. And I had to quit uh, cycling uh, already at the age of 20, which was just when I was on the rise. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and so so for me, uh, you know, during this time, I never been a person that follows school curriculum. Uh, when I was 17, my dad gave me a choice uh, to either go to school and have your life be paid for or uh, essentially do my little cycling thing, which, you know, turned out to be awesome. Yeah. But I had to figure out how to feed myself. And so I started my first company in a very young age, uh, 17. I started uh, selling from Alibaba to eBay uh, <laughs> carbon bike frames. Fantastic. <laughs> Great. And it was it was awesome, but I did not take any time to consider to be recovering and sleeping. And so essentially that's what ran me to the ground. And so when I had to quit cycling, I, I moved to America and essentially I put all of my drive into business. And, uh, you know, long story short, in that era, I essentially ended up uh, being involved with many different franchises and licensing companies until I landed to Orange uh, Theory Fitness, mm-hmm. uh, which I ended up um, franchising in seven different regions. And essentially, I opened my first one at the age of 22, which when I look back now, I'm like, how did anybody believe me that, you know, to like sign a lease and and all of those things that are part of it? But, you know, for me, I took the template of franchising and essentially, uh start putting all of the effort into that. Now, it was easy compared to cycling because if you do 20,000 miles a year or you just, you know, take a 15, 18 hour work days, mm-hmm. it was, you know, didn't have the physical strain. And so I did really well with that. I ended up uh, having almost 100 locations under my belt. Mm-hmm. And um, 
But here's the deal. So as an entrepreneur, I've always had this foundation of spirituality uh, from my mother uh, mm -hmm. who made us grow up with shaman. So we actually train wow. with Siberian shaman back in Czech Republic. Wow. After, That's you know, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. After communist era, you know, there was uh, like a 99%, you know, atheist in the country. And then you bring this into the mix. It was yeah. um, wild and crazy. But essentially that whole calling was so, you know, the, the seed was planted so strongly that I ended up, you know, studying different books and I ended up uh, listening to, you know, Neil Donald Welsh and then Ed Cartole and kind of like went through this whole round as I was still cycling. And essentially uh, when I, when I quit cycling, I did the same with, with business and I committed myself that every three months I'm going to do something out of my comfort zone. And so that led me to uh, travel the world. And anytime I've heard of a new tool or a mystic or, you know, somebody like Wim Hof or the Breatharians from, from Jas Muheen yeah, or yeah. Uh, the psychics, I, I took a trip and I spent, you know, seven to 30 days, depending on what the requirement was. And I started learning from all of these, you know, amazing people. And I felt happy when I was there, but then I kind of went back into the same rhythm and I couldn't keep up that happiness, which could potentially be the wisdom number one is like, we go and learn, but then how do we sustain, right? This other aspect of us. And so for me, it wasn't until I went into dark room about seven years ago that I spent 10 days in complete darkness with no food. And I walked in there, you know, with all of these orange theory locations and I just grabbed my cell phone, gave it to, uh, to the organizer. And I was like, I'm, I'm going in. And so I went in and, uh, basically day seven, I lost, uh, all of my thoughts, you know, words. I mean, I went into this pure state of bliss and uh, for the first time can in my I, life... Can I interrupt because I have a pressing question? Yes. If you're in dark room, do you know what day it is? No, you can count. You can hear okay. the, the the frogs outside. Uh, uh, okay, okay, so cool. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I feel like I would think it would be day seven. They're like, it's been 20 minutes. Like, I don't know. Okay, so got it. Okay, great. So kind well, of time so, is not constructed there okay <laughs> it is not but it also is because yeah. when you think this way that's when you're in trouble because yeah. then every minute feels like an hour <laughs> oh i know yeah that's why i was like Oof. okay and, so sorry day seven and, yeah <laughs> and honestly it took seven days to literally like surrender you know finally because of all of the you know monkey brain that just would not stop and, you know, it was like day four or five, I start dreaming lamb chops everywhere. I would get like the weirdest images. I'm like, where is this coming from? And, and I've noticed how emotionally attached to food and to this life we are more than physically, you know, so you would think that the hunger would be the biggest problem or the physical hunger, but it was the mental and emotional stimulation and hunger that was actually the hardest part of this. And Day seven, when I just surrendered completely, I was able to touch myself for the first time for who I am, not for who I am not. 
And in this moment, there was this 360 like reset button, which which is ironic because we now call our experiences system reset. And it literally symbolizes, you know, hold the computer for two or more seconds. It will reset. Well, so does our mind, body, emotion, spirit and, and many other things and cycles. And essentially, I put the hard reset on my life. And that's when Noah Aeon came about which is the the brand that we we support. And so Noah means movement. Aeon is all or none. And it symbolizes duality. So my whole life, you know, I've had highs and lows and good days and bad days. I was literally playing a ping pong or, or tennis, you know, with my own self until I realized that actually when we go into the center, when we move back into harmony, happiness, health can, can arise. And... What happened to me was that's when this idea came about that I'm going to create a whole, you know, company around teaching others how to do that. And Mm -hmm. so I walked out of there and I basically start selling pretty much everything. And I moved into uh, my passion, which was always music. So I've learned how to produce music. Uh, I I now produce music in a solfeggio frequency scale on on a modern beat. I, uh, my purpose became how, what do I do with all of these tools that I've learned? How can I, you know, how do I go into service? And mm-hmm. what I've learned through this is, you know, in life, we kind of jump from self-mastery to service. So we are in a, either in a self-mastery, right? Where we're educating, learning and expanding, but then without us sharing it with others, no matter how big your, your audience can be, it could be your closest friendships you know we never know who we can impact and we always impact everyone around us that's why people are around us and then I was like okay that became my purpose teaching you know lecture giving lectures uh teaching work at workshops retreats and and putting these immersive experiences together that can take the the weirdness of of some of the spirituality that's out there into more of a normality. I mean, we are spiritual beings living mm-hmm. a physical experience and I've lived it the reverse cycle my whole life. And so I literally walked out of there and my passion became music. My purpose became, you know, teaching and my legacy. The question was, how do I make means with, with all of this? Because I used to wear an entrepreneur head on for, for so long and I lost everything within three years after. So imagine that, you know, in, in my early twenties, I make millions of dollars out of, you know, very quick, you know, burst. And then I go in there, completely change, walk out of there. And I'm like, I'm done with this. I do not want to bound to, to any of this anymore. And I want to live in service. And Mm -hmm. so it put me on my ass, so to speak, for the next few years. And what I had to do, I had to integrate that person that I am today and that person that we all are, you know, that realized aspect of us that already knows the right direction, that knows what is of our highest good. But a lot of times we don't listen to that. We don't tune into that. And we all get these, you know, impressions. Uh, It comes from four different ways. Uh, We have all inner hearing, which is the little whispers. We've got, we've got all inner seeing. Some people, you know, can view things before they ever happen. Other people can feel it. So they're the empaths of the world. And then others just know it. This is that intuition. When you think, 
You don't know. When you know, you don't think. So it does not require that monkey brain. What, what is, is there a fifth type of person that uh, feels like their brain is so overactive that rather than listening to their gut, their brain will override it and tell the gut what it's feeling? Like I find my brain so busy trying to justify a gut feeling that I end up not being able to hear my gut. Does that make sense? Like there's so much noise up here. I'm going through something at the moment where I'm like, friends like, you know, you just know the answer in your gut and stuff. And I'm like, I really don't. Like, I feel like I can justify either which direction. And I feel like I have to pick one. Like I can't, I don't feel in tune with that. Is that a normal feeling? <laughs> so actually we could probably introduce a few tools. So whatever you're listening, right. you can whatever totally, you are yeah, diagnose right me. now. I'm sure there are people oh. who feel the same <laughs> way. You know, like people like, you've always got to trust your gut. And I'm like, I'm like, my brain is so loud that I don't even think it is, it, it, I'm capable of checking in with it. And I, and I hate that because I would really love a strong sense of direction on things at times. And it's like, ugh, maybe it's my people pleasing checking in. It's like, we'll just work with whatever. <laughs> but well, yeah. at, so, so first of all, we're all like this at a core and we're all unfortunately living in this world of doing. And so there's this beautiful paradigm shift that I had to get on and it's to be, do and have. And, you know, this is a very simple, but yet extremely profound when it's embodied in our everyday life. So most people live the opposite. They think that they have to have the right person, resources, solutions before they take the right action. And a lot of times they never become what they already are. And so when we reverse that, we start from the place of beingness which means in order for us to go into that state, we actually have to first change the brain waves that we're, that we're resonating at, change the frequency and vibration essentially. And that can happen with simple hack. I call it the instant presence. And so no matter where you are right now, the most important tools you can ever take, first one is your breath. So being aware of a five and a half second on inhale, five and a half seconds on exhale, allows you to bring more coherence, your heart brain coherence into this, this moment. It also lowers down your stress and it increases your heart rate variability in which you operate in. It's that pause in between your heartbeat. Now, that tool alone is the first tool of instant presence. So whenever you're talking or listening, go back into extending this breath the gold standard is that five and a half rhythm, but just play with it. You don't even have to count it, you know, going into Can that. Can you see my face? <laughs> <laughs> but totally, totally okay to count as, as well at first. I am listening, but I'm also one, two. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, the, the second tool is your body's awareness. So just simply asking yourself, where am I? You know, I like to close my eyes for this. And just simply, you know, focus on this uh, five and a half second inhale, five and a half seconds exhale. But then ask yourself, where am I? Where is my consciousness right now? Because most of the time we're in the past, in the future, we're somewhere in our phones, in our emails. And so imagine now that you are hooked to all of these different uh, trajectories of your life, all of these different things you think you have to do. And for this moment, just imagine that you're calling all of that energy back. I am calling all of my energy back from all the people, 
all the places wherever I've left it. And sometimes I imagine that I literally cut the cords. Sometimes it just, it's just a knowing, it's a feeling. You just simply claim what is yours back and you bring that focus into every pore of your skin. So instead of you being just in your mind or just on the phone, just imagine that your whole body is breathing. So when you inhale, draw in from every pore of your skin. And when you exhale, relax every part of your body. We're overly tense. That intensity can also bring up that pressure. The next thing is let's reverse that. Now I am sending all of the energy back to all the people all the places that have left it on me. So every time somebody thinks of us, every time somebody's in our space, they put a little hook in. And this is not negative or positive. This is simply energy exchange that we operate in. So when you claim what's yours back, when you send what is, isn't yours back, then you pulsate at the second tool of instant presence, which is body's awareness. So being fully aware of your body of your breath. And the third tool of instant presence is can you pay attention to the stillness and silence underneath the noise? So imagine you're in the middle of subway or music festival, or my favorite place is in, inside of airport because it's so noisy, right? But yeah. next time you go into office, you know, take this breath, focus on it, move into body awareness, relax your body, and then pay attention to what's underneath the sound. And for some people, it's a little waterfall, like it's a little who sound. It really matters not. Just pay attention to one step underneath the noise. And it's an instant presence that allows you to calm down your monkey brain. And my favorite thing before calls or meetings, just take three minutes to reset. Use this. Because even few of these per day will start bringing more awareness, more energy, more power into your choices. So that way you don't feel like everything is happening to you and you can move from that beingness, then from this place into doingness to take the right action, take the right steps. And then you have the results as a natural flow of this be, do, have paradigm. And so that was part of my journey. I had to really. Um, step back and through silence, through darkness, I was able to come back into a light. And mm -hmm. essentially, you know, it's it starts with, you know, every moment, but then it led me into looking into life as these cycles that keep on, you know, happening, no matter if we're in here or not. And after all of these things that I've learned, I've actually made a very simple model. It's the me, we, and be model. And essentially it's the three levels on which we operate. So the me is your individual consciousness, yourself, that is made up of your physical body, the temple. This is how you sleep and what's your energy level, right? What is the exercise? I had to heal my body. Then the second one is the mental body. And I'm purposely saying as its own, you know, body or entity, because our mind, it's the, the discernment to our mind is that the monkey brain that keeps on thinking all day, you know, it will keep on thinking until we rethink what it's thinking. So for me, I start writing down on a piece of paper, 
anytime I thought something negative about myself or about another. And I would literally just scratch it and then I would rewrite it as a software. So think of your mind as a software. Think of your body. Were you quite busy to start with? I'm like, whoa. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It took me a couple of years and and it still (laughs) keeps on going. It's still, it's, but you know what? We are, we are today made up of all of our thoughts, words, and actions. And so whatever we've ever taught into being, it all started with our mind. And, and, you know, and if we think that we were made up by some other mystical sense, we're not. I mean, we were first made up and, and prescribed by our parents, then by our friends, communities, societies, and then ourselves. And so that's the sum of what we're living. So if you, if you know that software and hardware, they work well together, right? And just like when we, you know, when we want to download a new software on a computer, we have to connect to the internet, right? Now, if we want to download new software into our body or into our emotional body, we have to connect into the internet. And the internet starts with changing up our frequency, with going from that busy, busy beta into that alpha, theta. Alpha is that creative mind. Theta is that before sleep mind or subconscious mind where we can access the old stuff as well. And so mind was the second most important part. Then I moved into emotions and I start, you know, acknowledging and and especially observing, you know, how do I feel? And in our culture, you know, emotions are viewed as a weakness and especially for men, right? To, to be emotional, it's like, you know, a total weakness. And so I had to face, you know, my traumas. I had to face when I hurt someone, when somebody hurt me, to really open up from that guilt, you know, jealousy, fear, pain into that love, um, joy, of uh, passion, fun, which is why we're actually here. Now, when I moved through these three, then it was the spiritual. And it's ironic because it should be in reverse, but unfortunately we come from a dense, you know, experience on earth. And so that's when I've learned about these four psychic senses that connect us into the, some people call it the higher self or the realized self that always has our back, but we are so busy that we don't listen to it. And if we don't pay attention to it long enough, that's when we get in trouble. And so that's the me, the individual consciousness. Then is the we, which is the collective consciousness. And this is when things start getting really interesting. So when you start, you know, becoming healthy and your mind is much better, your emotions feel like, yes, like I I got this, right? Like you go into this empowerment, then you start realizing, what about my friends? What about, you know, my closest family and all the relationships that we're in? And And so- are they promoting a healthier version of you or an unhealthier version of you? And yeah, that's that's a tough one. I think a lot of people, when they do grow or change or have dreams and stuff, often people fall away and that can be really heartbreaking as well, you know, or relationships change or you outgrow people and it can be a really difficult time as well. Absolutely. And the first thing we want to do, we want to change everyone around us, but that's also not how it works. That will be the doing again, right? So you got to demonstrate through the being. And so the easiest way to look at this is just imagine who you spend the most time with, you know, it could be three, four, five people in your area. And just, uh, I had to do the same thing. I wrote them down on a piece of paper 
And then I was like, you know, are you in or are you out? Or can we make it work? And mm-hmm. essentially I created an army of angels around my life that now reflect the, the best of me and I reflect the best of them which allows this beautiful ecosystem of the collective consciousness reflecting the best of us. Now, the other part of the we is the environment. And so further I got on this growth. Whilst you were in Alabama and I'm in Los Angeles. (laughs) Oh my gosh, right? (laughs) Which have their beautiful moments, but it's also not necessarily an environment conducive with Zen and... uh... Absolutely. It's, it's true. And, and, you know, and that's the air we breathe. It's the water we drink. It's the food sources we put into our body. It could be the paint that we breathe in. It could be the clothes that we're wearing. So I literally start sensing what's around my field, because think about it this way. If you wake up in the morning and let's say that you have a toxic relationship, you have toxic mind, you've got a mold in your house that's, you know, let's say 30% decline and you're operating out of six, uh, out of 70% before you even get on your day. And so imagine that I, I actually think this percentage is way, you know, lower for most of us. And what's, what's tough is that until we clean these things out in our, our space, it will be really hard to actually see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And um, so that's the we collective consciousness. Then we've got the B, which is what I call the supra consciousness. And that is, how did we get here? You know, we're on a blink of a blink of an eye or or little dot in, in this vast universe. And this is the universal laws. This is if we know that the universe was created 13.5 billion years ago, we are this this drop of a water inside of this huge ocean that makes up the whole ocean. And so we operate in these three levels, the micro and macro cycles, through which we will have series of tools and lessons to, you know, get on. And essentially, we can either continue viewing these um, cycles that are coming to us as something that's happening to us, or we can move into this wake up phase, which I call you start taking the charge, you start observing, you know, why is my negative mind come every single time I'm with this person? Why is my negative emotions, you know, uh, are turned on whenever I'm, you know, doing, uh, I'm not sleeping well, or I'm watching Netflix until midnight, you know, and no matter what it is, I've created a simple framework for you to basically start, like, where do you start today? Mm -hmm. So through these three, uh, through these things that I just discussed, the me, we be, you can essentially apply this four-step journey through the uh, self-transformation. And it all starts with wake-up phase. So you first bring those things that do not work for you into the surface. You know, at the end of the day, the question always is, does it work or does it not? Is this come from a place of love or does it come from a place of fear? It's very simple when we're trying to discern, you know, uh, answers. But it is not simple if we don't take the time to pause right? And we don't take time to actually bring it to the surface as if we were dealing with a business matter. Now, second phase, or or just to give you an example, as simple as this. So wake up phase could be a blood test. You go into a doctor, you get your blood drawn. That would be for the physical body, right? And then you know that maybe you are high on environmental toxins and you are low on vitamin D. Then you take this data and you move into the cleanup phase. And cleanup phase is uh, one of the most important things 
because, you know, for me, I used to want to keep the old stuff and also be the new person. But that's when I was playing ping pong, you know, highs and lows and good and bad. And so when I got rid of the old self, the negative mind, the old physical health uh, problems, uh, the, the negative relationships or just detoxing the body, right? If we were high on the toxins, yeah, yeah. then you can move into the third phase, which is what I call the power up. When you power up, you dr- grab the wheel and you're a driver of your own vehicle and you finally embody the change. And this is when you can supplement new vitamins. You bring new friendships, you bring new mind, you rewrite the old software that might be you know, outdated. And remember, just like you know, apps, if we have an apps on our phone and if we don't use them, we hold the app and we exit out of it. The same way goes our subconscious mind. We we're running all of these programs that we are even sometimes unaware of that will keep on running behind the scenes and making you tired and making you, you know, use the same choices. So that's when we bring the new choices in. And the final fourth uh, stage to this is uh, resting up and repeating this. Now, in the rest up, this is the time that I like to call the process of unhooking. And I made it really simple. So once a day, I unhook for one to two hours, first thing in the morning. So before I touch the phone, before I go into the doing, right? Before I go into the thinking, you know, what happens when we wake up, the adrenaline spikes. That's what wakes us up, right? And the adrenaline spikes, but also the monkey brain kicks in. And then the monkey brain is like, oh, I have to do this, 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 that. And then I got to go da, 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 da. And then you're like screwed because if that's how your whole day is going to go, then guess what? You're, we're running like chickens, you know, for food all day long. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and, you know, and I'm many times, you know, guilty of this myself, but I do know when those days I actually started right, the can, entire day is different. And for this, you know, this is my breath work, meditation, sound, manifestation. I would create, I would think about the most important meetings. I basically create the choices I want to have yeah. once a week. I take full day off completely from digital, from physical. I fast. I just go into, you know, stillness and silence so I can realign, you know, how did my past week go? What I want to do next following week? So again, you can have this power, right? Very intentional versus being reactionary. It's very intentional way of living. And full of boundaries as well, because again, if I don't have that day, then my whole week is kind of like, oh, how did I not set all of this up, you know, prior to this? Then once a month, I take four days off and I'll tell, I'll give you an example. So if you go into a vacation, you know, the first few days, you're like, I don't know what to do with myself, you know, have to be on the phone. And it's like, like, I'm finally here resting, but I can't rest. And and a lot of times, you know, that's that's my issue too. And it takes about three days for the nervous system to actually completely calm down. You know, you're safe, you're fine, just be. <laughs> and what's ironic, the last few days of our vacation, most of the times, then we don't want to go back because we finally, know. you know, shifted. So in order for this not to happen and to take this into a charge, that's why I take four days and then once a year, I take 15 days, out of which about 10 days is in darkness. Uh, you know, I've done it now four times, but it doesn't have to be it this easier? extreme. Does it get easier? It, it does when you re 
think the whole uh, idea of it. Because now when I think about it, when do I get a chance to be with no one, to not be bothered by any text message, any call? It's That's literally right. like the most, yeah. it's like a bunker from, from your, your shelter from your life. Yeah. And and allows me to work on my life, right? So it's like the dichotomy is that when we allow space, and, and this is why, so, so seven years ago, I had a 360 change, right? It was a completely, I was misaligned 100%. But now when I go in, it's just a minor little changes. And so what happens is that now it's just like a great, okay, I've done really well here. I really want to do more of this. And now it's more like creativity. You know, all of this beautiful, like new books come in, new courses, new yeah. new flows that you're like so excited to be out of the, you know, uh, darkness because you want to like put this all into motion. Yeah, yeah, of course. So that's the process of unhooking that has changed my life because, you know, now I can dictate the tempo and I can take the charge without, you know, worrying about uh, anybody else. And so, uh, yeah, this was a, a, a quick little long story short. Into, I know, I know. So and I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, the thing at the time, I'm like, oh my God, I could listen to you for years. Um, I do have two questions I do want to mm-hmm. get to. And it was just... You know, I I feel like I'm much earlier on my journey. I love that your mother like introduced you to that kind of spiritual path. And I love that you, you know, even when you were in your entrepreneurial chapter, you would take time to educate yourself on and have curiosity around different leaders. I was just curious. And I know you've met so many of them that we would all just giggle out of excitement. But um, was there one piece of advice from one of those leaders that kind of feels like the most standouty for you or or is it all I mean it's all great and I'm sure there's learnings from all of them but I just wondered as someone who's who's met and seen so many if there was kind of one example that um perhaps you could share with us that we could say well I learned this from that yeah well so so you know it's 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 interesting. I'm going to give you an interesting answer. So okay, that's fine. Through, through traveling and through learning from these, what I've noticed is that each and every person speaks a little bit more or less into one or the other topics that we discussed. So yeah. some people are like really good with the mind, right? Like mind hacking, uh, mind over matter, like understanding like what to do w- with your mind. And I think somebody that's really great is like Byron Katie. I think she she's done some great work when it comes to um, recoding the mind. Then for the physical body, you know, I because I'm I'm so heavy in biohacking. I mean, for me, it was you know Dave Asprey at first, and I think for most people to have a starting point, like how to understand personalized health, I would read you know one of his books uh, because it will give you a great solution to heal the physical. Um, then uh, for the emotional body, uh, I think Michael Singer uh, it could be a great one or uh, somebody. Uh, yeah, I think Michael Singer, we, we can put it right there. Uh, I will talk to the spiritual body. So Paul Selig is somebody that's a conscious, uh, you know, um, uh, channel. And you can actually feel his work in your body. I've worked with him for many years, for about a decade, and I've actually even helped him in the early stages uh, with getting to to the to the world because his message is so powerful that you can actually feel that listening in your body. Uh, so that's great for you know the the spiritual. Yeah, that's cool. And then uh, for the relationships, I'll advise somebody that changed my whole point of view 
her name is Dolphini. I don't know her name exactly, uh, but the name of the book was uh, Future of Love. And it was like Dolphini something. She, she's okay. not really well known, but she's got a seven stage process to love and to soulful love. So it's basically how do we love with our essence as an essence, somebody else's essence. So that was incredible. And if you want just universal laws and understanding intergalactics, I mean, you want to go far out there yeah, that yeah, like yeah. was really far out there is Dolores Cannon, okay. who uh, teaches base. She's uh, dictated over 30 books that are all from, uh, from hypnosis. So I actually have done her course, the quantum hypnosis. It's very cool. different from traditional one. It goes way deeper into your subconsciousness. It's cool. very healing as well. And she literally, all of her books are through dictation of some other prospects that were on living on another planet that were, you know, life in between lives. I mean, it's incredible foundation for the spiritual or, or cool. supra spiritual spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so helpful. And then I'm um, sorry. And I know I've gone over, but um, my last question is something I ask all of my my interviews is I'm really curious and you as a creative, I'm sure you have a curious answer of what your brain looks like. And some people describe their brain as a haunted house. Some people as a garden with things that are dying and things that are growing or um, a hamster wheel. I'm, I'm curious as, and I'm sure it's had many iterations, but today at 5 PM when we're talking to each other, I'm curious of what does it look like up there for you? It's funny. We actually do a meditation where oh. we bring people into the center of your brain as yeah. a vantage point and we teach people remote viewing. And so one of the things you can, you can do, you can actually look inside of your brain and you can, you can watch from the vantage point when you, when you drop in and you yeah. can see the physical, you know, brain sure. now where, where my brains is, you know, I, I have been a little bit, um, a uh, little bit depleted recently just because uh, we're almost at the end of the year and we're on like 120 events just this this year across the world. So it's been... On that uh, note, I'm really appreciative of you taking time to speak to me. <laughs> I know it's a lot of outgoing energy and I'm I'm not holding on to it. I'll send it right back. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I love this because it, this is yeah. what keeps us forward and we've got like 25 to go <laughs> this year. Okay. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, so it feels a, it's a little depleted up there at the moment visually for you. Yep, yep. I I would say it it needs that you know rest it needs that restoration. And I'm about two weeks from giving my my uh, month monthly reset, so we're we're almost there. <laughs> okay. Well, I look I look forward to connecting with you again after that and seeing. Hopefully, it looks. Um, more plentiful up, up there for you. Um, hey, where can people find you? Because I know a lot of the things that you touched on today uh, have got my brain really excited. And I know a lot of my listeners will be really keen to also like look at some of the work and that you have available that people can do remotely as well. I know that's a huge part of um, what you can offer too. So yeah, how do people get in touch or find you? Yes, yes, yes. So um, basically what, what we do, so we have a, events all over the world. It's retreats, workshops, uh, immersive experiences, uh, especially system reset is, is what we're you know known for. 
And uh, you can find this digitally as well. So we've got in-person, but also digital. It's all at the Noah Aon, N-O-A-A-O-N.com. And then Noah Aon official is under uh, social media. And with this recording, we'll send a link to our free on-demand library. So you can actually test out these different meditations and breath works that you uh, maybe want to take. And we've got over 80 hours pre-recorded stuff that works perfectly fine from anywhere. And it will give you three minutes to a two-hour full-blown transformative experiences. It's so generous too, because I know like it's so difficult, especially with people, finances are tight who want to transform their lives and they don't have like even tasters of stuff. So that's really generous of you guys to offer that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, thank you. I will let your beautiful brain go and uh, replenish itself. Thank you for taking time to chat to me today and to my listeners. I'm really, really grateful for it. And I think honestly, even just hearing your voice and the way you explain stuff, I feel a lot calmer at the end of this interview than in. So I'm, I'm sure working with you in a more, um, uh, you know, tactile way and the work that you guys do is, is incredibly transformative, but yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. I'm so grateful and I'm glad we're connected now. So yeah, we can keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much for opening this up. Mm-hmm.